Good morning. morning. I want to welcome you, those of you that are here in this room that braved the the weather after the weather, and and for those of you online, glad that you're with us too. We're in week three of a series called Starting Lines, kind of appropriate for this time of year, and uh, and I think it'll be good. We're... um, we're going through this, this series where these chairs have been up here. The first week, you could probably imagine they were here because it was, it was more of a like all-inclusive family service, and so I thought, maybe I'll bring these in because they're from one of the kids' rooms. I thought that would be really good. Then I decided to sit on one of them, and uh, I, I know some people were sweating, they were waiting, and maybe they were hoping, maybe you guys were praying, you don't have to admit it, that you were just hoping, like, he's going to fall over backwards on one of those things, I, I don't know. Um, the idea of this series, and it's not just because of the new year, but we believe that every next step in your faith journey is a new starting line. And so there's a, uh, I'll actually start here, the... Sometimes when you're preparing a a message, a devotional, anything, sometimes you start with a passage, uh, sometimes with a topic, Uh, either can be fine, and then when your study begins, um, oftentimes you know exactly where you're going to land. Sometimes I've heard from, whether it was like Tim Guptill or someone like that, you you don't know and it's like the night before or the morning of and you're just like, where where is this going? Sometimes people start with a title in mind, Um, I rarely do that. Uh, but sometimes a title kind of pops up in the middle or, or the end, and you're trying to go back and forth with where you feel like God is leading uh, you personally in study and where he wants to take us together. And so I think if I had a title for this message, um, I don't know if it's, if it's funny or serious, but Requirements and Receipts. I, th- I think that would be the, the title, and uh, it'll be at least an acting title for now, Requirements and Receipts. And so in, in the idea of this, giving is one of those steps in our faith journey. Uh, the idea of, of these chairs, which we'll, we'll visit near the end, has to do with moving down the line of, of your faith, not just staying with one event, but moving because it's a journey, this, this faith journey that we're on. It's, it's not just a one-time event. John Wesley put it this way, make as much as you can, save as much as you can, and give as much as you can. I remember learning that when I was in college, and I think it's relevant, and and people use it for a lot of different um, kind of applications, and and in this, if we're talking about giving, giving as the broader context, a little bit to do with tithing, that's the 10%, a little bit to do with being generous beyond that, of of course, that's the case. I'd say uh, early in the message, right away, I'll, I'll just tell you, like, you should give. Okay, we can pray, and then we can move on from there. You should probably give. But as a starting line, as we were preparing for this series in, in general, this is what we looked at. We, we thought of it this way. If you're not giving at all, start. There's a new starting line. Uh, if you're giving under 10%, okay, shoot for 10. There's your starting line. If you're giving 10% or above, be generous. Continue to be generous. And so, I, again, it sounds that simple. Some people will talk about how uh, no, no matter what you have, if you have, um, you know, a, a paycheck, you know, you should start with the, the first 10%, you, you know, do the math or, or, or whatever, and then you can, you can give that. Others might even say that the next 10, you want to set that aside, you want to save, that, that's practical, we've talked about that before, and then the rest, well, that's up to depending on, on what you need to, to do, and many will talk about how, 
you know, God can do more with your, your 90 than you could do with the entire 100. I think that's true. I think also sometimes it's tempting for, for people, not just preachers, um, to go one of two ways when you talk about giving. Uh, sometimes it can be kind of a slap on the wrist. Others, it can, it can go in the opposite direction, almost into the prosperity gospel kind of, kind of thought. I've seen a lot behind the scenes too. Uh, more than that side of things, I've actually seen people almost bullying their, their money and their giving and, and trying to say, because I've given this, you should do that. Either to an organization like a church or to God himself to say, I've done this, so I should get that. And I'll just quickly say, without making it a big deal, that, that like that's not where we're going with this. That's probably not a starting line. That should be a finish line, and then we can move on from there. But are you ready to get into the actual word? Are you ready to get into this content? It took a very different turn than I was expecting. So we're going to pray, we're going to dive in, and, and let's see what God has for us today. Father, we thank you for this series. We thank you for this time of year, but also just uh, every new day, there, there are new blessings that, that you have that we can receive from you. And we're not coming to you right now just for a blessing, but, but really for you yourself as we've been just singing and praising you in this way and saying what we want is you. What we want is a touch from heaven. And so we pray you would meet us here. We know you're here, but in a miraculous way, would you show up? Would you be speaking to us? Would you change our hearts? Would you change even our understanding on this and what it is that you really want for us? We pray all of this in Jesus' name. Amen. Uh, We're going to jump around a little bit, but we're going to start in Mark, the end of chapter 12. Um, There's different uh, titles for, for this short portion of scripture. Uh, one is the widow's offering. And so I've read this before. Maybe you've heard this, but if you haven't, um, check this out. Jesus sat near the collection box in the temple and watched as the crowds dropped in their money. Can you imagine if we were sitting uh, either at the back of the room or if we were out at the debit machine? Hey, what you doing there? What, you, what, what, what are you giving? Hey, And then, and then kind of keeping note and then discussing it. No, we're not going to do that just for the record. Uh, many rich people put in large amounts. Then a poor widow came and dropped in two small coins. Um, there's different terms for this. You, you, can, you can look it up. Uh, at the, usually in the footnote, there's something about that. But, but basically what you need to know, there, there are two small coins. Um, they equal like about the smallest denomination in, in the Roman Empire. So it's, it's a very small amount in comparison to the rich who just gave a lot. That's, that's the context. Then Jesus called his disciples to him and said, I tell you the truth. This poor widow has given more than all the others who are making contributions. For they gave a tiny part of their surplus, but she, poor as she is, has given everything she had to live on. It's fascinating, and and I think we could draw some conclusions here. Um, The entire context of our message isn't about this, and it is. It isn't, but it, but it is, because in this, we could talk about giving, we could talk about, he's not even talking necessarily about the percentage. What he's saying about the others is that they're putting in large amounts, but the word he has for his disciples is they gave a tiny part of their surplus. 
But really the punchline is, but she, poor as she is, has given everything. Everything she has to live on. Does Jesus know that that was her last two coins? And even though it's not much, that that was it? Um, Is he trying to make a point to his disciples that now she has to trust God for her provision? Is he also making a point that he, she has to trust in people like you, disciples, people who are, are rich, poor, everywhere in between, to, to actually help her out? Maybe any and all of those things, but we don't know for sure. But what we know is that Jesus thinks this is a big deal. These small coins, there's something to do with it being everything, and I think the Greek for that is 100%. And so it doesn't matter what the others gave. He's trying to make a point of what she gave, and it was everything. And so I ended up jumping to another section here. It just came out in my study. And sometimes I make little, little notes. I take my pen, and I'll, I'll try to highlight uh, the passage for me to understand, but also to remind me for later. So when I'm communicating, I put a dollar sign here. I put a heart here. But in Luke... Uh, chapter 11, there's this scene, and often Jesus would criticize the religious leaders. Um, it's not because they're bad, it's because they know better, and, and there's a difference. And so uh, we're jumping into the middle of a scene here, and then I, I want us to read it again uh, in a paraphrased version. But this is what Jesus says, What sorrow awaits you Pharisees, for you are careful to tithe even the tiniest income from your herb gardens. But you ignore justice and the love of God. You should tithe, yes, but do not neglect the more important things. And so earlier before we prayed, I said, should you tithe? Yes, amen. Like, let, let's do it. Let's move on. Obviously, it's more complicated than that, but, but Jesus is, is making an important point here. The way that uh, Eugene Peterson put it in the message is this. You keep meticulous account books tithing on every nickel and dime you get, but manage to find loopholes for getting around basic matters of justice and God's love. Careful bookkeeping is commendable, but the basics are required. The basics, the way that he put it here, the earlier passage we read Jesus saying, but do not neglect the the more important things. Well, I think often uh, we want to go deeper. We want to have advanced theology, uh, you know, theology and, and doctrine and things like that. We want to know, give, give us the meat, give us the good stuff. And what I would say in, in this context for us today in this moment in online and in the room is that the point here is that, but if we've missed the basics, why, why go on to the more advanced stuff? And so maybe this is a starting line for us to go back to the starting line if we've skipped it in some way. Yeah, the basics are required. This is what Jesus is, is getting at. So I thought about this because we're taking a turn here from giving financially to, to something else, and they are connected, and so stay with me. But this is my thought purely my thought, that tithing, it might not be easy, but it's clear. Like it's defined. There's math involved. Here's the thing. Justice and love, not easy. They're they're hard, aren't they? And they're messy. And they're not always as simple as math. That's the problem here, is that it's really easy, Jesus is saying, for you to, yeah, you know, you're, you're very particular about these little things. Because 
uh, we talk about collection boxes. We were just reading about one. Well, we can kind of put that in a box and say, this is exactly how it's going to be. But if you neglect these other things, Jesus is saying, no, you, you should still do that. But that doesn't let you off the hook for the things that I've already asked you to do. This is where it gets a little complicated. Are you still with me? I don't want your money. I want your attention just for a moment. In Micah chapter 6, but you can give. You can give to the church and you can, um, you can put it in the boxes at the back and you, can, you get the idea. Micah chapter 6, there's a few questions that the writer has here and then, and then the payoff. He asks this, what can we bring to the Lord? What kind of offerings should we give him? Should we bow before God with offerings of yearly calves? Should we offer him thousands of rams and 10,000 10, rivers of olive oil? Or you could insert, you know, a thousand hallelujahs or, or whatever you might think up. Should we sacrifice our firstborn children to pay for our sins? No, O people, the Lord has told you what is good, and this is what he requires of you. To do what is right, to love mercy, and to walk humbly with your God. Are those other things important? And do they have a context? Maybe. Some of it maybe not for us today in, in 2023, but I think you get the point. He's trying to ask himself, he's trying to ask uh, his, his brothers and si sisters in, in, in the faith, you know, should we do this, should we do that? No. The Lord has told you what is good, and this is what he requires of you, to do what is right, to love mercy, and to walk humbly with your God. This can seem and sound like a kind of a soft answer. It, it seems like, really though, like, it, but I can do these other things. I can, I can do that, and that's very defined. I can even put a number beside it, and I can account for that. I know when it's completed. But love and mercy, justice, that's a little more messy. That's not always contained in a box. You can't just put that, you can't just bring that to temple and, and, and put it in an offering box. And I think that's the point. But he's made it clear to his people what they're supposed to do. So I would say this to us. God doesn't want your money, he wants you. God doesn't want your money, he wants you, but he wants all of you. I think that is the point. It's not about God getting your wallet. I remember Pastor John uh, sharing with us before a few times of how often it turns out that the last thing to be converted is your wallet. And so it's easy to come and see and then even become a believer and start moving down the line, but, but sometimes... <laughs> It takes a while, right? But here's the thing. It, it is and it isn't about that. I think maybe you're seeing the, the undercurrent of where God's taking us in this. It's, it's a challenging text. It's simple and challenging at the same time because God doesn't want your wallet. He wants you. It's about God having your heart. And so as I was trying to work with this and wrestle with this before you had to wrestle with it, is that here, here's the, the challenge. If your wallet and your heart are attached, separate them. If your wallet and your heart are attached, separate them. 
Because God actually wants all of you. And so if your wallet is part of that and it's in the way, then that's the problem, is as simple as that. The other thing is I, I think people do want to know, um, how do I manage my money? How do I be a good steward? And, and there's going to be other messages on that, and I think that's, that's important. But I think what he's trying to get at here is for those who do give, who say, of course I should and I will. It's that, it's that simple. I don't, I don't mean to underplay that, but what he's saying is that's actually the easy part. The hard part is, is, is being and doing these things that require a sacrifice of your emotion, a, a sacrifice of your time, um, a, a sacrifice of, I don't know when it's complete. When you're being kind to someone, uh, when you have to be patient, that requires more than just money. And, and it's not as clearly defined. And so requirements and, and, and receipts, I think this is the time of year where we're getting ready to have everything in order and, and put it all together and do our own personal accounting or use an app or, or, or software or, or send it off to someone. And, and that's all good. That's, that, that's fine. Uh, but have you ever noticed you don't really get a receipt for, for kindness? You don't really get a receipt for, for justice? Um, you, you don't really get any, any credit sometimes for, for doing these other things. They're, they are tangible, but they're less so than, than maybe math. I think that's the challenge. Do you guys have any, um, any, any shows that like, you, you, you just can't help yourself but to, but to watch these and get pulled in? I haven't had cable for a long time, so for Kelsey and I, it's kind of like a guilty pleasure, if you could call it that. Anytime we have the opportunity to be out of town and, and we're in a hotel, they often are like, oh, we have cable TV. It's like, oh, what is this? This is, this is awesome. And we always find Shark Tank. I don't know if you've watched this show before. This isn't about the message, but I, I love it. I can't get enough of it. And even if I watch a repeat, I'm like, oh, it's, this is going to be a good one. This is going to be good. And, and isn't it interesting? Sometimes someone comes in with, like, the best idea, and you're like, they're totally going to invest. And then they're upset about this one thing and they see through their, their plan or, or whatever it might be. But how often do you think Christians, whether you think of it in a funny way or a serious way, how often do we kind of treat all this stuff like Shark Tank, you know? All right, all right. I, I, I see that this, it's not really a product that you have to sell. It's more of a movement. I, I, I'm all for, you know, being generous. You've, you've heard them say these things before. Like, I, yeah, I, you know, my business, we, we give 10%. We, we make sure that we, uh, you know, our charitable giving. Yeah, we, we take care of all that stuff. But, but here, here's, here's my problem is that all this other stuff, I don't, I don't think this is a business plan. You know, I don't, I don't think, you know, loving people, that's good. I don't think it's a business. I don't think it's, a, you know, great to, to just say, you know, you're going to love justice and mercy. That, that's messy, and, and for those reasons, I'm out. You know, that, that's kind of the, the, the line, and, and what I love is when someone who's actually there for an investment, they're seeking it, when they actually turn it around on, on one of the sharks and say, you know, they're, they're kind of, it's a retort for whatever they're offering, and they say, you know, and for those reasons, I'm out. And, and it's kind of awesome to get to turn it a, a, away there. But I think the problem 
is that sometimes we think, you know, I, I'm all for this thing here, but I don't want to accept that over here. And, and so here's what we're going to look at for, for a moment, is these chairs, just as a reminder, it, it's the seeker or the, the come and see moving into the, the believer, the, the follow me and be my disciple. And then we, we get over here, and it's, you know, I'm going to show you how to fish for people. And then finally, go and, and, and produce lasting fruit, go and make disciples. What we've noticed as a church is that it's, it's sort of the in-between here that something changes in your heart, and it continues that all of a sudden you love your king. We believe that the Lord, we believe that Jesus is our king, and so these micro steps and these big steps all have to do with we, we love our king. And so when it comes first and foremost in, in giving to the Lord, before it even has anything to do with the church, it's between you and the Lord, that if you love your king, you're going to take a step in that direction. And it doesn't stop there, is that you realize that you're going to love your church. You know, when, when they're talking about temple, they're talking about actually all the different study that I did this week, it had to do with, there, there were people that, um, similar to me, you know, you, you work in the church, it's a little different now uh, because of how we get paid and, and things like that. But early on, you know, they, they wanted to make provisions for, for those who were temple assistants. They wanted to make provisions for, for widows, for orphans, for anyone else who was in need. And so what came in wasn't just for the temple or, or, in our case, the church, but it was for much more than that. And then when you get over here, it's not just loving your church, but then you move into your loving your city and beyond. And so in a really practical way, I think you know this. I think we all know this intuitively. It's kind of basic. Yet God's bringing us back to the basics in some of these ways is that, yeah, you, you should give. And that's part of loving your king and it's part of loving the church. But actually, there's more to it than that. You know, in, in this case, um, when he's saying to do what is right, to love mercy, to walk humbly with your God. And earlier, he's talking about you should tithe, yes, but do not neglect the more important things. What are those things? I'm not going to list every single one for you. I, I think it's better than that. Uh, but that's kind of the point is that we can't just say, well, well, 10% of, of your heart should go to caring for others. I don't think that's really enough. And so as we're moving down the line, we're also seeing that there's people that we need to bring along. And so here's a challenge that, that I have for us is that we're, we're thinking of this being uh, kind of a, a journey, that every next step in your faith journey is a new starting line. Well, just yesterday I was reading this short post from Seth Godin, and, and he had this line in there that really stuck out to me, and it reminded me of something I heard just a week ago at uh, the gathering that Kelsey and I got to be a part of. He says this, a wedding is an event, a marriage is a journey. And, and I thought, how, how perfect that sometimes we think, like, I've now become a believer, there's an event that happens there, but it's actually the start of a journey, isn't it? It's kind of like a marriage in, in that imagine that the wedding day was all it is. That, that's not really the case. Hopefully, uh, you get off to a good start, uh, but it's a journey that you continue. And our faith journey might start with an event, but it can't stay there. I'm not going to sit on this because I'll knock it over. But as we keep moving down the line, we realize that we have to keep making steps. Here's the problem. Some of you might be thinking, well, if I really look at my journey, if you will, I've stalled somewhere. 
or I got stuck. What I've observed is when you delay trusting God and taking your next step, you stall. And so when you know, I need to take this next step, I I know I need to get baptized, and you keep putting it off every time we have an opportunity, you get stalled. You want to get over here, but you can't because you've stalled. You were were making progress, and, and then all of a sudden, then not only did you stall, but you got stuck. When you delay too long on obeying what it is God has for you, you get stuck. And there's nothing worse than that on Friday. Anyone else using uh, one of those push plow kind of things? Oh, I still, I still ache. You can feel bad for me later. But as I was pushing it, there came a moment where I, w- I was probably two-thirds of the way through the driveway. And I started to push, and it was getting heavier because now the rain's coming. You know, it gets, it gets a little heavy. And not only did I stall, but I got stuck. And I was just like, oh, it's going to take so much to push through that and keep this thing moving. Have you ever felt that way in your faith? Have you ever felt like, not only have I paused or delayed being obedient in that next thing, I know God has this thing for me, but I'm just going to, I'm going to wait. It's not that I'm not going to do it, it's that I'm going to just wait. And then all of a sudden, not only are you stalled, but if you delayed for too long, then you feel stuck. God, how come I'm not seeing these results? How come I'm not seeing what these other believers are, are seeing? And it's not about blessing. It's not just about getting, but it's about the whole thing. It's, it's about, I, I'm stuck somewhere. I, I want to get to that next step, but for some reason, I just can't. I'm spinning my tires here. What's going on? So my question for all of us would be, what was the last thing God asked you to do? If you're stuck or you're stalled today, that might be two or three of us. If you're stuck or stalled, rather than just jumping on to the next, the next thing, whatever that thing might be, what was the last thing God asked you to do? Maybe we need to start there. And, and we're going to pray for you. We want to support you. We believe that, that these, these kind of fresh start next steps are important. So whatever it is, there's nothing too big or small. So as Stephen mentioned, in a couple weeks we have the opportunity to get baptized we want to make that so easy for you. It's a big deal, but it's as easy as saying, I'm, I'm ready to do it. I need to do it. I'm doing it. And then you show up. We help you to, to make that step. And then you make that step. You're not stuck anymore. You're not stalled. Uh, maybe it really is something pertaining to today that, you know, I, I either haven't been giving or I, I, I know in my heart I haven't been given for the right reasons. Maybe there's, a, there's something that, that you've been stalled or stuck in there. It, it has nothing to do with what I think you should do. It has to do with what God wants from you. And it's not your money, it's your heart, it's how you perceive this. And so if you're stuck or stalled there, we want to help you. We don't even need to know all the particulars. But if we could help you to take that next step, then you're not stuck anymore. And then you're moving. There's momentum. When you get pushing that plow and all of a sudden there's not as much resistance, you, you feel like you can make so much more ground. But there's nothing more discouraging than knowing, I know what what I'm supposed to do, and I'm just not doing it. And so I can't do the next thing because I didn't do the previous one. And so that question is, what was the last thing God asked you to do? Start there. To close, I, I didn't think we would end up in, in, in this, but this is just where I feel the Lord directed me. And it, it, it's kind of all over the place because there's a journey that I had to go on with this, I, I wish that it was as, as simple as just, if, if you just show up at church for, you know, 75 minutes on a Sunday, if you, if you just, you know, if you do 
guess who's coming for dinner? If you give this, this amount and if you, you know, name a couple other things, if you read your Bible, you know, it's, it's all good. There, God wants more and better from us than, than just checking off boxes. The first week I asked, you know, we're talking all about starting lines. What's the finish line? Well, we know that the finish line is well done, good and faithful servant. We want to hear that from the Lord. We want to hear that from our king. We love him. And that is what we want to hear in the end. Well, Jesus, he, he shares this in, in Matthew's gospel in chapter 25. And if you could just listen to this for a moment, it's talking about when, when he comes in his glory and with all his angels and, and then he'll sit on, upon his glorious throne. And then a little bit later it says, then the king, that's Jesus, the king will say to those on his right, Come, you who are blessed by my Father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the creation of the world. For I was hungry, and you fed me. I was thirsty, and you gave me a drink. I was a stranger, and you invited me into your home. I was naked, and you gave me clothing. I was sick, and you cared for me. I was in prison, and you visited me. And then these righteous ones will reply, Lord... When did we ever see you hungry and feed you or thirsty and give you something to drink or a stranger and show you hospitality or naked and give you clothing? When did we ever see you sick or in prison and visit you? And the king will say, I tell you the truth, when you did it to one of the least of these, my brothers and sisters, you were doing it for me. And so if you want to do something for the king, yeah, of course you should give, of course course you should you should tithe but he's saying it, it it's better than that the basics are loving the least of these that's a little messier than saying okay if you just give 10% you've done well as we were challenged and, and the team's about to lead us here but as we were challenged at the gathering um, one of the preachers actually it was the very last session and there were ups and downs of, you know, at, at one point you're laughing, at another you're like, should I be offended right now? And then others you're just amazed at how God is speaking through this, this preacher. And then all of a sudden he goes a little further into the text. And maybe this is more for another time. But the short part of it is when he's talking about how Paul works through 1 Corinthians 13, and, and love is patient, and love is, you know, and, and just before that, that section where Paul's talking about, you know, if I do all of this and all of that, but I have not love, it's nothing. And so this preacher was trying to say, all this other stuff, it's not that, oh, you're almost there. If only you loved, you would get to that, that next step. And he's saying, no, like without love, it's a zero. It's not that you're almost there. It's that you're stuck. You're stalled. You need to go back to the basics. What Jesus is saying, when you did it to one of the least of these, you were doing it for me. And, and that's really our challenge, is that if we want to go further in our faith, we have to go back to the, what did God already ask you to do. Maybe it is giving, and maybe that's the thing for you. Maybe it's not. Maybe it's something completely different. But but if we've been doing that and thinking that that's I'm I'm all good, but we've missed out on walking humbly with our God, with with loving justice and mercy, with with doing to the least of these what we would do for the Lord, then we need to go back to that starting line. 
Father, we thank you for this challenge, and it's a little bit messy. And I trust you're speaking to our hearts right now, and as uncomfortable as it is, uh, we do ask that you would help us with this. For, for those who are discouraged and feel stalled or, or stuck, we, we want to be encouraged and empowered to, to go back to the thing you've already asked us to do, even if it's a basic thing. But when it's messy and, and it's hard, would, you, would your spirit come upon us? Would, would we be able to walk humbly the way that you do? Would we be able to encounter these people the way that you do, but better than that, as if we were encountering you? How would we want to serve you? Would you help us to see people with your eyes? Of course, we, we want to give, and of course, we want to, to not let our, our wallet control and, and, and really attach to our heart. We want to let go of that. We want to separate that. But it's only because you want all of us, and that's part of us. And so we do surrender at this time, and we believe that we're yours, and, and yours is the kingdom. And so uh, would you help us to have a, a new and fresh perspective on that today, we pray in Jesus' name.